0: A same same wad goes back to school. Sports radio host Adam Epstein graduated from VCU in 2015. It took two biology classes, an English grammar tutor, extra credit on his history exam, and an error in the grading system. But hey, he graduated. Because school spirit is Important Today, AWOD goes back to school broadcasting live from the VCU Student Commons on the fan.
1: What's going on, Ram Nation? Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon. I'm Adam Epstein. It is 12 noon, and this is a special edition of AWOD Radio. It's AWOD goes back to school broadcasting live from the Student Commons here At VCU, we did this bit last year had a ton of fun with it, some great guests. We're going to have even more guests this year as VCU soccer coach Dave Gifford will drop by the show at 12.30. VCU women's basketball coach uh, will come by. Volleyball coach will come by. Robbie Robinson, Rodney Ashby, Zach Joachim, Ryan Capacci, the VCU band director, and some more special guests as I broadcast live from the student commons here at VCU for AWOD Goes Back to School. And uh, I'll tell you guys real quick, it is awesome being back on the campus this morning, uh, seeing all the friendly faces walk by, all the VCU gear. We're just outside of Harris Hall, Grace Harris Hall, uh, here at VCU, where I took a few classes. I think I definitely remember that is one of the bigger auditoriums here at VCU. I mean, it goes back. It's probably – 300 students in there right now. We have brought a DJ with us, DJ Dukesta, who broadcasted Football Fest from River City Roll. So as soon as all these students come out of class here, uh, they're going to be greeted to some really cool music and a sports radio show as we get ready for Rams versus Rams tonight from the Siegel Center, VCU hosting Rhode Island, and look, every game is important as we get to the stretch part of the season here, and this is the last game before March, and March Madness, there will be one more home game after this, and then the Rams head to Brooklyn for three games in four nights, the 2024 four eight ten. 10 Conference tournament. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have messed around the sports world with the sports app. Here it is, everybody.
0: Clearly,
1: this is the future. Stats, scores, oh, Are you
2: serious? Wi Fi plus 3G, 64K. This one, this one. sports app.
1: And we begin with college hoops here on the sports app. VCU in action tonight at the Siegel Center hosting Rhode Island. Also, two other A-10 games. The Spiders of Richmond will be in St. Louis for a matchup there against the Billikens, and LaSalle will travel to face off against Duquesne. Yesterday, in A-10 matchups, you had Dayton defeat Davidson 80-60. Fordham upset George Mason 61-60, and a big-time upset that will affect the top four standings as St. Bonaventure at home cruises to victory over Loyola Chicago 79-64 to 64. but you did have a ton of buzzer beaters last night we want to get to them right now I was watching Kentucky at Mississippi State number 16 team in the country Reed Shepard finished the game with 32 points and 7 assists including this final shot to give Kentucky the win Shepard got it he hits
3: it there are no seconds left on the clock, is that going to be it? The officials will look to make sure there is no time left. If there's not, Reed Shepard...
1: Reed Shepard wins it for Kentucky. In the final stretch of that game, he had an and one bucket, two made free throws, and and then that game-winning shot to give number 16, the Kentucky Wildcats, the win. Nevada at Colorado State. Colorado State. Ties the game. Nevada has one shot with five seconds. It's a half court shot. Let's take a listen to Gerard Lucas with the game winner.
3: Hunter McIntosh.
1: No timeouts for the Rams. Lucas fires for the win.
3: Oh, Gerard Lucas lost his mind from Hellcar. <laughs>
1: How about that call, Stubb? That's got to be up there for play to win. Lucas finished the game with 23 points and 7 rebounds. That half-court shot was unbelievable. An upset ends Kansas' 17-game home win streak as BYU comes in and wins 76-68. to Here's the final call on BYU Sports Network.
2: BYU can bounce this one out. The Cougars come to the home of college basketball and emerge from the fog victorious the Cougs have won it 76 to 68 BYU is a winner
1: let's move over to the NBA here on the sports app so last night a ton of good NBA action but we've got to start with the Mavericks against the Cleveland Cavaliers Dallas had a lead in the first quarter and a lead going into the fourth quarter. And then Max Struess went absolutely ballistic from behind the three-point line. He hit five three-pointers in the final six minutes of the game to give the Cavs the win, 121-19. to And he closed it off with a half-court shot, 15 points in the fourth, including the game winner. Let's take a listen to Max Struess from half-court. Cleveland gets the win. Two seconds left. The Cavs are out of timeouts. They have to go 94 feet. Struess from midcourt. Oh! Oh! (laughs) Do you believe this? Whoa! My goodness. Do you believe in Max Struess miracles? Struess gives Cleveland the win, 121 to 119. The Wizards. Fall again, continuing their losing streak now to double digits as the Warriors win 123-112 to behind 21.6 rebounds from Jonathan Kaminga. The Magic defeat the Nets 108-81. Franz Wagner led the way with 21 points in that one as it was a lot of good NBA basketball last night. The Heat defeat the Trailblazers. Jimmy Butler comes back from the suspension. 22 points, 9 assists, 4 steals. And the Thunder Led by 31 points, eight rebounds of SGA. Shy Gilgis Alexander defeat the Rockets 112 to 95. Let's move over to the NHL here on the Sports App. So every day on the Sports App, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history. Well, the Caps got blown out last night. They lose eight to three. Ovi. Five shots, 15 minutes and 59 seconds on the ice. No goals as the Caps lose. They will next face off against the Flyers on March 1st. Every day on the Sports App, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history. The great eight, the Russian machine that never breaks. Is currently sitting at 838 career goals, chasing Wayne Gretzky's. The Great Ones, 894, needs 56 goals to tie. Gretzky, 57, to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. So the Red Wings defeat the Caps last night, but they'll get a chance to get back on the ice against the Flyers on March 1st as Ovechkin will finish the month of February with 8 goals, 2 assists. That's 10 points there. On the month, it was a really good month for Ovi and a decent month for the Washington Capitals. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. We'll go around the NFL, NFL hits, talk about the Chiefs parting ways with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You could argue the Chiefs do not get to the Super Bowl or win the whole thing without Marquez Valdez-Scantling and his big-time catch against the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll go around the NFL, discuss the NFL offseason at 115 on the NFL hits. Commander's Corner, we have a name change. No, it's not the team name, but the stadium will no longer be called FedEx Field. Also, Josh Harris willing to put up $75 million to improve the current site of the stadium as they look to move by hopefully, 2029. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910, the fan, now at 105 1FM, 1 broadcasting live from the Student Commons here at VCU. It's AWOD goes back to school. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan, now at 105 1FM, 1 broadcasting live from the Student Commons here at VCU. Got a DJ booth set up here. I think there's like a, a dance club that was coming by. They were breaking it down. It was pretty cool live scene here outside of the VCU Student Commons for A.W.O.D. Goes Back to School. We joined by a ton of guests during the show today. But as first reported by the Washington Post, the Washington Commanders confirm that FedEx Field is exiting as the naming rights agreement for the stadium. Here is the official statement from the Washington Commanders. We want to thank FedEx Corporation for its long-standing naming rights sponsorship and their work with our team and community and look forward to their continued partnership within the Commanders family. We have already started the process of identifying our next stadium naming rights partner, a partner who will play a crucial role in ushering in the new era of not only Commanders football, but also a robust slate of top live events and concerts. We announced yesterday a plan to make a targeted investment totaling more than $75 million, to upgrade the stadium, formerly known as FedEx Field, the home of the Washington Commanders, and improve the fan and player experience while we work diligently to explore options for the team's future home with GM Adam Peters, new head coach Dan Quinn, the number two overall traffic and significant cap space. There is much to be excited about for the 2024 season, including a new naming rights partner. As that was the recent news here, came out yesterday, FedEx Field no longer the home of the Washington Commanders. We'll be discussing this throughout the show today. Take your phone calls, 833 804 But a very special guest has just stopped by. It's Rodney Ashby. You won't be able to hear me on those headsets, but talk into the microphone. What's going on, Rob? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Back on campus here at the Student Commons here Feels for good. AWOD Goes Back to School. We did this last year. It was a yeah. ton of fun. Why not do it again? I love it. I love it, man. Back on campus, and uh, it's a pretty exciting day. Absolutely. So, VCU against Rhode Island. Now, let's talk about the conference as a whole first because you had a big upset last night, St. Bonaventure defeating Loyola Chicago. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're not going to call
3: it a big upset because we know what St. Bonaventure is capable of, losing twice to them. But, yeah, we got some help uh, a little bit last night. You know, we need some dominoes to fall for us to win the league, and that was one of the things that we need. So, I guess, you know, if you're a Ram, you're probably looking at two different things right now. First of all, you want to make sure you solidify the – the buy, so you got to finish the double buy. you got to finish in the top four and our magic number for that is two so we either need to beat win two of our next four games or w- win one and get a little help somewhere else so let's put it in our own hands win two and then worry about trying to win the league after that
1: no you're so right that the most important thing is locking down the double buy because with the a10 conference tournament beginning tuesday with the pillow fight then wednesday it, it's very tough to imagine you win Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So getting that double-bye to Thursday is crucial for the Oh, Rams. yeah, I think
3: it makes a big deal. I mean, there's so much parity in this league. We've seen that pretty much any team in the league can beat someone else, and there's no need in taking a chance and making it risky. And, look, all odds are saying we've got to win the tournament to make the NCAA tournament, and let's try to set ourselves up for the best-case scenario for success.
1: Yeah, no, so you're right about that. So let's get the double-bye, and then let's go for – the damn regular season title, right? right. That's right. So I I think we can work our way up towards that because we play Dayton and we play Richmond, and Dayton and Loyola Chicago still have to play each other. Right.
3: I think the biggest thing is we need Richmond to find a loss somewhere in their next couple of games. You know, most likely that's going to be, other than us, it could be be, uh, George Mason. That's probably the one that's most likely left on their schedule that we could get a chance to – Um, Get the help we need Because we own the tiebreaker For everybody that's above us We own the tiebreaker against Loyola We own the tiebreaker against uh, Richmond As of now
1: and we own the tiebreaker against Dayton. I have that same game circled. At Eagle Bank Arena, they already beat Dayton. It's going to be senior night. That place is going to be rocking. Hopefully, they can get the big win. So, let's get to the game tonight. Give us your preview. Rams against the Rams. Yeah,
3: Ram on Ram crime tonight. (laughs) You know, they have been a very inconsistent team, but they've had an opportunity throughout their games to put together spurts. They just don't have the depth that is required to finish in the A-10. And so, I think the key to the game tonight is not give them any type of confidence, come out aggressive offensively like we did in the second half against St. Joe's and make sure that we're doing a really, really good job of closing out defensive possessions with a rebound.
1: VCU has won three straight games against the Rhode Island Rams in this series, and Rhode Island holds a slight advantage overall, 11 to 10. What I love is that we're finally healthy, and we're building something towards the end of the season. So much of this year was, oh, Zeb is out for a few games. Sean Baristow's back, and then he's out again. Joe Bamiso, we're waiting on that waiver. It's so important for this team to all be healthy and develop some chemistry going yeah, to the conference and, you tournament. know, We
3: also have a couple of guys coming off the bench that have not been getting any time but working hard in practice that are starting to Give us some minutes. You take a look at Roosevelt Wheeler, hadn't played it hardly at all, but has appeared in the last two games for key some key minutes. Yeah, and then you take a look at Fats; he's just a big time scorer. Comes off the bench uh, and gives us what we need there, and he's working towards earning some minutes. You know, if you talk to Coach Odom, the practice and the focus has has been really really good, and trying to finish up this season strong. And I'm excited about where this team is headed. I still don't think we've reached our full potential as of yet.
1: I'm glad you brought up the practice because I heard the same thing that Roosevelt Wheeler, Fats Phillips have been working hard in practice, staying ready for this opportunity and then we've got to talk about Toby Lawall I mean, just coming off of an incredible game, he's really starting to develop offensively and he's understanding, hey, I might not have the size in terms of a big body but I got the speed to get around these big men. Yeah,
3: you know, I really have enjoyed watching the dual center that, um, how VCU has handled the dual center role this year. Really Furman and Lawall have been playing very similar type minutes but you can see, like, it seems like at least one of them always shows up for a big game. And the other night against St. Joe's, Toby the Wall looked ab- absolutely magnificent, played really, really hard defensively, and, you know, gave us some buckets offensively as well. You Highlight know, reel type stuff. Yeah,
1: for sure. And, and you know, I was kind of surprised to hear when I talked to Joe Bamisle after the game, you know, I was wondering who the emotional leaders are. And he pointed to Toby as one of them.
3: Yeah. You know, in a I, sophomore season. Yeah, that does, that um, shocks me a little bit too. I mean, Toby's more, a little bit more of a reserve type type guy but um, you can tell he leads by example he plays hard the guys love him you know he's a he's the kind of guy you want on your team actually this whole team is you know a talented team.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you've got a team that can score so many points off the bench, right? It's really anybody's opportunity every game. It could be Jason Nelson. It could be, you know, Joe Bamisil, Toby LaWall, or it could be one of the starters going off uh, like Max Shulga. So they just have so many options off the bench and with the starting lineup. And,
3: you know, you'll talk to other coaches in the league, and they'll say that's part of our depth, right? And, you know, that's what really has won us a couple league games that we might not have won had we not had that all the tools in the toolbox coach Oden did a good job putting this putting this team together
1: what do you think it's going to take for VCU to get a win tonight?
3: You know, I think, again, we got to come out aggressive offensively like we did in the second half against St. Joe's. I think we need to be able to close out defensive possessions um, with offense with rebounds. That's something that we've struggled a little bit. Back to the type of defense that we played when we made that switch when we first went up to LaSalle where we're holding teams to 60 or less points. You know, we, we won a game that we had to outscore St. Louis, but, um, you know, with their offense being a little bit inconsistent right now, defense is where I think we can make make the biggest adjustment the fastest and that's what i think is the key tonight
1: rodney ashby with us here for a awod goes back to school broadcasting live from the student commons you're right vcu has Defeated Dayton 49-47. rock fight. They've also won ninety five eighty five a high scoring game. Are you expect you expecting somewhere in the middle tonight? Um, I th- I
3: really think that we're g- this game will be I, hopefully I think we're going to be in the sixties and they're going to be in the fifties. That's that's what that's what I'm aiming <laughs> Maybe for. Maybe even the forties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's well, let's not get victory. greedy. Let's not get greedy. <laughs> let's just get the win and get out.
1: So you'll be on the call with Robbie Robinson tonight right here on nine ten the fan early tip off. Do you like that? Yeah, six thirty. You know, anytime you get a chance to play na- on national TV,
3: um, that's a great great time you come home everybody's settling in take a look and get a chance for the rams to um, continue to grow their program we've done really well on those um you know prime time type games and hopefully tonight will be no different
1: so pregame coverage starts right here on 910 the fan at 545 early tip off 630 at the Siegel center rodney thanks for stopping Thank by. you, buddy
3: i appreciate you having me welcome back to school yeah
1: you're listening to a radio i'm going back to class on the fan don't go anywhere we'll be right back welcome back I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM broadcasting live from the Student Commons here at VCU for the second edition of AWOD Goes Back to School. And joining me right now, very special guest, VCU Men's Sec. Soccer Head Coach Dave Gifford. What's going on? Coach? Not a lot. I'm good to see you. How good. you been? I'm doing good. What are you up to these months now? Well, we're just
2: training and trying to get better and uh, get ready for the fall. So. I'd
1: love to hear that. So for the second time in your 14-year career, you were named 2023 810 Coach of the Year.
2: We were. Sometimes when your players are good and
1: win games, they uh, give silly awards to coaches.
2: So oh, we'll no, come it.
1: on. You're a humble guy. We'll I, I remember I was covering games when I was at school, and, and you were a coach there. I mean, what is it like to see some of your players now for the kickers, right, like Carlton Belmar?
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's uh, we've had quite a few guys almost uh, – close to 60 now that have moved on to the professional ranks from uh, from our program in the 14 years here and so it's nice to follow those guys as they enter into that phase of their career and then nice now with some of them are even kind of getting toward the end after 9 or 10 years and getting ready to transition into real work. So the next season begins, is that August? It is it is so so we spend our time a lot of the fall sports, you know we're, uh, we're come back, we're training and, and we're getting the work in to grow the individuals to grow the teams, you know during this time during January, February, March, April in the dog days, right? Yeah. The dog days are the time that you uh, maybe isn't as much fun or as glamorous for the players, but it's where we make a lot of improvements and a lot of gains.
1: That's what I was wondering. Is it more strength and conditioning or is it more tactics?
2: No, it's more technique, tactics, developing the, the group, and so... Uh, you know unfortunately we uh, we won the regular season but lost in the finals and yep. and for the second time in in three years we're probably the first team out of the ncaa tournament uh we bring back almost the whole group we lose one who's in preseason right now with new york city fc um and we'll add a couple and and you know the the group itself is really doing a great job of growing on the field and and now's the time that we have to uh to teach and for the guys to learn and and hopefully come back with uh, just a very, very quality group for the fall.
1: Joined by VCU men's soccer coach Dave Gifford here, broadcasting live from the student student commons here at VCU. So what are you most excited for with the upcoming season? Just bringing everyone back, basically? Yeah, I think bringing
2: everybody back, you know, two years ago was tough. We'd lost through a large large group of covid guys you know we lost all 11 of our starters and uh, came back with with a whole new group um it was a difficult beginning and uh but about a month into the season i felt like you know we could see some signs that there was a contender uh within that group and and we grew through that year um again last year with basically the whole team coming back um and now as we try to make a step from i think we finished maybe 31st or 32nd in the rpi trying to make a jump now into the upper five or ten teams that puts us in a spot to have a chance to compete to play all the way to the end so i think that's the that's the goal from everybody um it's a good group it's deep we're very very hungry the mentality is excellent um you know, I think we'll get a, a really good crack at it in the fall if we can continue on this path and stay healthy. And, you know, we'll see what uh, what October, November, December kind of have in store.
1: Coach, one of the lead stories yesterday on the show was conference realignment, UMass announcing they're going to the MAC uh, there 2025-2026, and it's happening all around the country. How is the Atlantic 10 as a soccer conference?
2: No, I mean, it, it's a very difficult league, right? I mean, we're, uh, we, we've typically had – the last several years, you know, two, three teams right in the uh, the bubble picture. One of us has always kind of been in a spot where they're in. And so we always have between three and five teams that are in the hunt for an at-large as the year goes on. Um, so the top half of the league is, is very, very strong. The bottom half, you know, I think can kind of pull away some numbers for us, and and you see that with basketball, with the net. Some of the leagues that maybe aren't as deep throughout, they can uh, pull down people's numbers as you go through. But in terms of uh, strength – Every year, I think six or seven programs have the ability to, uh, you know, to be in the NCAA tournament at large, and you know, one or two of us probably have the ability to win a game or win multiple games.
1: Dave Gifford, men's soccer coach here at VCU. If someone asked you to try to describe your team's style of play, is it press? Is it defensive counterattack? What would you say?
2: Yeah, it's very aggressive. This group is is more aggressive than probably any we've had without the ball. With the ball, we're always uh, very dominant in control of the game. Game in the majority of games but I think this edition will be uh, on the front foot in in the majority of the games from the first whistle
1: how do you build off of last season's success and you know not let it get to the players' heads
2: yeah I mean it's again it's all relative right like we we for the second time in four or five years won the regular season in our league which is not easy to do in any league but certainly in ours it's very tough. Uh, but in the end, we because of the numbers, we fell a little bit short. So we are probably, like I said, for the second time 2021 and again last year in uh, 2023, probably the first team left out. And, and so, you know, there are some signs of, of success where they're getting closer and you're growing to what we aim to be and where I think we can be. But in the end, our goal is to play to the last weekend and, and play uh, in the College Cup and have a chance to lift it. And so uh, in terms of the distance from that goal, you know, I think that's what's keeping the guys very grounded and, and very hungry to uh, to advance a bit further than we were this past yeah, fall.
1: You want a hunger in the locker room. Uh, you know, I, I, w- I want to ask you this, you know soccer in america has come so far i mean from when i was a kid i was born in 92 right and so now you see it's on the main stage nbc you know cbs it's all over the place what do you think of the growth of soccer in this country
2: yeah you know i think that that the game continues to uh you know we're into the third or fourth generation now of of soccer players in, in many parts of our country um and so you have you know moms and dads that played, that are in the backyard with their sons and daughters and, and sometimes grandparents, sometimes great-grandparents, you know, and, and so it continues to, to build from a grassroots perspective. Um, I mean, it's the, you know, it's obviously, I think that in bowling maybe are the two <laughs> highest participation sports in our country. Um, and so you have so many kids that have played, that have become young adults that have played, watched the game, etc. And, you know, that demographic 18 to 35 that everybody's chasing, yeah. you know, I think behind the NFL we're, we're number two. And and the advent of television and the accessibility of the game at a really high level all around the world means that, you know, kids today wake up on Sunday morning, Saturday morning, they, they turn on NBC Sports or now it's Peacock. They turn on, you know, you can see games from England, Germany, Italy, Spain, anywhere in the world at any time. You can hop on your parents' phone and you can watch games anywhere in the world. And I think those aspects of it really have uh, allowed the game to continue to grow, right? And, yeah. and it brings a more intelligent soccer fan and people that know more about it. And, you know, it's uh, it's exciting, but obviously we still have a long way to go in our country to, uh, you know, to, to catch some of the, the top countries mm-hmm. in terms of the game. But you know certainly on a very very good path and and a lot of progress forward and and you know when i was a player i was born in 1975 so a little bit older than you um and you know when we grew up playing there were three or four cities around the country where it's like okay you can find really good players really good teams in those areas now they have good players from from everywhere yeah right and and uh good teams from everywhere and so as that growth continues you know we have to keep coming up with solutions within our model uh, of the U.S. soccer pyramid to how do we continue to develop those players and help them continue to progress on and and help us uh, both within our professional game here but internationally with uh, the U.S. men and women as well.
1: Now you made a great point about generations growing up and then teaching their kids how to play and eventually it will get passed down to the point where it's almost everybody playing soccer and playing it at a high level. Uh, You know you mentioned in this country how does that affect your recruiting inside this country and and all over the world?
2: Well I I think that the the nice thing for us you know our roster is always 60 to 70 percent players from the state of Virginia. You know, we're, we're a state school. We should be serving the, uh, the young men here in our state. And the nice thing is, as, as the depth of the game grows, there's just more and more teams. There's more and more players. And, you know, it's a numbers game. The more numbers you have, the better chance you have of having a, a better, more coordinated, more athletic, whatever the, the qualities that player might have. If you have 5,000 kids playing, the chances are you're going to have a good player. If you have 10,000, you're probably going to have two. And so the more numbers go up, the more chances you have of uh, whether it's here in Richmond or Northern Virginia or Roanoke or the beach or wherever it might be from, you know, there are, are good players now that, that have tools and qualities that we can work with and help uh, help them as they move along their path toward, you know, being the best player they can be.
1: Joined by VCU men's soccer coach Dave Gifford. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. It's AWOD Goes Back to School broadcasting live from the Student Commons. So I want to reminisce a little, throw it back here on a Wednesday. 2015, my senior project, I chose to do an interview on Jose Manel Bell. VCU men's soccer, he scored from half field. He scored from half field right off the kickoff. Have you kept in touch with him? What was it like coaching Jose Manel?
2: Sure. So a really, really interesting guy. I remember that. We were playing Rhode Island at home. Uh, Manel was a a young man who didn't garner a ton of recognition for us, but came from a first-world footballing country in Spain. Um, His father had played for FC Barcelona for... Eleven or twelve years, yeah. Um, right before, kind of, the club really made a step back into permanence under under uh, you know Johan Cruyff and then with Koeman and those guys winning the Champions League. So, you know, Manel came to us as a, as a guy who was leaving high school in like what was the fourth tier of Spanish football. Uh, came here as a nine who was a little bit slow footed. Uh, struggled to create his own chances and, and was behind you know some other really excellent strikers that we had at the time, and, and reinvented himself and, and changed his game and continued to develop, and although he never had a ton of accolades in terms of success here, his game grew and developed so much, went back into the same tier he left Scored, I think, 35 goals in half a season in the fourth tier. Wow. Was signed by Girona Um, in that window. Girona then got promoted into La Liga and uh, was on the books at Girona for four years. Um, and he still plays today. He uh, won promotion last year with Racing de Ferrol back into La Liga again. But he's kind of that tier where he's probably not going to get a lot of time playing against Real Madrid and Barcelona. So he went back down to uh, 2A in another club. And he's in year – he's getting ready to start year 10. Uh, we're finishing up year 10 right now as, as a pro. And so That's awesome. you know, for him um, – Great young man, great kid, and uh, and has had a really, really strong career after three, you know, awesome years with us here and becoming fully bilingual, picking up an undergraduate and a graduate degree, and uh, headed back home to uh, to keep chasing it as a pro, and he's doing great. I love that. Great story, Coach. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of the neat things, right? You see that's a benefit of being old. You get a chance <laughs> to see people as they walk through their journey, whether it's you know becoming a uh, full-time radio personality <laughs> or uh, chasing your, your dreams as a professional athlete around the world. It's neat to be a small part and watch from afar as people uh, walk through their, their journeys.
1: Well, we appreciate you stopping by. So the season returns in August. It does. And that's going to be everyone's first chance to see the men's soccer team.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're cooking in the lab. Right now, we've got some scrimmages, but uh, but yeah, the chance under the lights and, and when the games count, uh, will be coming up in August, and it should be a really, really exciting group. Thank you so much, coach. Absolutely, and thanks for having me on.
1: Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere, I'll be right back. Hey, AWOD, it's Drab from the
3: Junkies. Hope all is well, man. So, I hear you're back on campus today, huh? You're the Billy Madison of VCU. Maybe this time you'll try to actually pick up your diploma. Adam on campus is the most disappointing thing to hit Richmond since Carrytown Burgers caught fire. Anyways, go Rams, beat Rhode Island, and listen to the junkies on 910 The Fan. Out.
1: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105, one FM. Richmond's home for VCU hoops. Every game can be heard right here on 910. The fan early tip-off today at 630. Did want to mention... Baseball will be in action. Lacrosse, 3 p.m., and a basketball home game. All set up perfectly here for AWOD Goes Back to School. Joining us right now, Michael Phillips, MP on the mic, Professor Phillips here at
0: VCU. <laughs> How about that voicemail from Drab T shirt? Uh, man, right? You, you take more strays on the junkies than you do anywhere else <laughs> in the world. That's, uh, that, for, for friends, they really get after you good. Uh, I, you know, so, so I moved out here. I, I grew up in Kansas. I moved out to Virginia. I covered the University of Virginia. They said, Sent me out to a lacrosse game. I said, "I, I don't know anything about lacrosse." Yeah, they said, so "You'll figure it out <laughs> along the way." It's a fun sport. I'm, I'm, I'm into it now. Yeah, no, lacrosse, lacrosse is guy. on the
1: rise. That was really cool hearing uh, Dave Gifford talk about VCU soccer and soccer in this country on a rise. As, you know uh, what I
0: love about VCU soccer? They schedule their butts off every year. They play good teams. Yeah, they challenge themselves. Uh, that's good for spectators. That's good for the sport. Um, uh, more teams need to do that. G- give, give those fun non-conference. In his
1: games. 14-year career, I was blown away. He said six players have moved on to play professionally. You
0: know, you don't think that because they're not like top ten every year, but they play a really good schedule. They hang with teams. They hang with national championship caliber teams, uh, and they really develop in here, too, which which is an underrated skill.
1: Alright, so it's AWOD goes back to school here with Professor Phillips. Yes, sir! I I was worried you were going to test me. Like, I was scared you were going to (laughs) bring a Scantron.
0: I I don't want to see another Scantron the rest of my life, Michael. (laughs) You know, I I gave my final last semester, and I handed out the paper and uh, the pen, and they said, t- "You know, like they were confused." They <laughs> where's the my kids laptop? Don't take, kids don't take tests on paper and pencil anymore. (laughs) I said, well, how do I know you guys won't cheat? They said, well, (laughs) we have to sign a thing saying we don't cheat. I said, I was in college once. Uh, I don't buy that for a second. Here's (laughs) your paper and pencil. Let's go. (laughs) So that was so cool. uh, You telling stories about being a professor
1: (laughs) here at VCU last last, uh, semester here, joined by Michael Phillips. So it's a big game tonight. You heard Rodney Ashby, Rams on Rams, (laughs) but the VCU Rams have won the last three against the Rhode Island Rams. Yeah,
0: this sets up well for them, and this is a Big one to put in the the bank, so this doesn't lock down the double buy, but it basically does, right? They would need literally every result the entire rest of the way to not go their way, to not get the double buy. And you talk about it on your show; I talk about it on my show. You can't play four in Brooklyn; you, you got to play the three. Uh, I'm already a little scared about some of these matchups, so so taking care of business, getting that double buy, that's going to be crucial here. Yeah, I mean, I just I really
1: want this team to win out in the regular season. I know that might be asking too much because you have a road game at Dayton and a road game at Richmond, but your team as a whole and the fan base has so much confidence going into Brooklyn in March there based on how you play at the end of February and the beginning of March.
0: Are you – to change the topic, are you sweating out Dayton at all? Like if they they come in weak, are we worried about them at all? I think they're in, but they've really been – to not make Stub- the NCAA tournament Rublin anymore. Brooklyn recently. Yeah, there. I mean, yeah. look, it's it's not good
1: that they're now in third place in the conference and supposed to be <laughs> representing this conference in the NCAA tournament. But I, I think it's going to make Brooklyn even more interesting oh, because it no really question. is completely up in the air. You know, a month and a half ago, most people said it was Dayton and whoever Dayton ends up playing in the semifinals, yeah. right? Now it's Dayton, it's Loyola Chicago, it's
0: VCU, but also don't count out the Bonnies, UMass, even George Mason. It's a matchup game, and, you know, that was one of the things I really zeroed in on coming out of the St. Joseph's game was St. Joseph's had that matchup inside, right? It's it, The secret's out. VCU doesn't have a true five. That's the weakness. Uh, they really found a way to work through that and still get good minutes out of Toby Lawall, good minutes out of Roosevelt Wheeler, uh, Some you no know, first half minutes, but good second half minutes out, out of Christian Furman. That's what they're going to have to do. If they can solve that puzzle inside, if they can make teams say, shoot, they got five guys who are going to run, we may have the mismatch now, I think it's a totally different game.
1: Well, that's why I think you have to give Ryan Odom and his entire coaching staff so much credit, because they're playing with what they've got, right? And so they do not have really a true center. Roosevelt Wheeler has seen some minutes, but like Toby Lawall second half adjustment there last game, it was, hey, this guy's bigger than you, he's stronger than you, but he's not as fast as you. Get around him, and that's how he caught like three alley-oops.
0: Uh, they was so good on offense, but don't sleep on the defensive side of the ball, too. He was moving. He was denying the pass, right? As the ball's moving around the perimeter, he's not just standing there. Yeah. He's denying the pass. He's using that speed, and that's going to tire him out quickly. You got that great answer out of Joe Bamisil talking about how Toby used to only play two minutes and then be tugging at his jersey. Coach, coach, I gotta get out of here. You know, he can play that four minute stretch now. He can play TV timeout to TV timeout. Now, that's such a benefit for these guys. You can sit firm when you need to sit firm. He picked up those two fouls right away. You can sit him and not have to worry about the way things are trended. I mean, to circle it back to Dayton, right, they don't have better than what, a 25-30% chance of winning in Brooklyn? I mean, they're not the lock they used to be. There's really good basketball being played in this conference right now. 1-6, to 1-7. to I mean, I think you're going to go to Brooklyn and you're going to have seven-team circle that you say they could lift the trophy at the end of this week. Yep, so let's get back to the game tonight. VCU
1: hosting Rhode Island. 6.30 p.m. tip-off. 5.45 is when the pregame coverage starts right here on nine ten. The Fan. Uh, I'm looking for a good game from Zeb Jackson. I, I feel like he has taken over the leadership role. Like, there's three point guards. Max doesn't talk much. Or, there's three captains. Max doesn't talk much. Bearstow kind of leads by example. I think Zeb leads with his talking, but I'm looking for him to lead with his play tonight.
0: Yeah, I think Jason Nelson's in that club too, right? He's He can run his mouth a little bit. Uh, again, Joe Bamisil's obviously the king of running his mouth uh, in a very different way. But Jason Nelson's got that. Zeb's got that. I really like the ball handling tandem here. Zeb. You know, Max Shulga, you've got Jason. Honestly, Bear Stoke could bring the ball up, too. You know, you, you're really set at that position, getting the ball down in crunch time. That's going to matter so much. These are going to be tight games down the stretch. You mentioned this schedule. Don't sleep on Rhode Island. Very good team coming in. Early tip-off, you know, that, that could throw teams sometimes. But then down the stretch, at Richmond, at Dayton, these are going to be games that are decided in the final four minutes of the game after that last TV timeout. You need steady, sure ball handling. Boy, you really needed it against St. Joe's the other night. Every time you hit your two free throws, they come back and get a three. That was I called Dagger like nine times <laughs> in that final three minutes, uh, but I really love the the ball handling, what they bring to the table.
1: Michael Phillips hanging out with us here for AWOD Goes Back to School, broadcasting live from outside the VCU Student Commons. Uh, there was breaking news for the Washington Commanders. And a name change? No, not the name of the team, but it will no longer be called FedEx Field.
0: What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it, it this like they burn the bridge, right? Like the next one's not going to be FedEx Field because yeah, they're they're definitely out not. On this yeah, one. yeah, uh, it makes sense to me from their business perspective. Like we're not going to call it anything else. It's too late to change it. it nobody's going to buy the naming rights to that place for the four years before the new one. You're just waiting for the new one, so they they kind of still get the bump. Uh, what what do you want to call it? Commander Stadium? Uh you, you command center, what do you what do you got? You got See, I don't want to
1: do anything connected with commanders. I would just say, you know, home of the football team in Washington. Washington Washington football team stadium. Maybe you just call it, you know, Joe Gibbs Arena. For the next three, four years or something. Something that, you know, is nothing to do with Ron Rivera, Dan Snyder, Commander.
0: You know, it's been seven minutes since they honored Sean Taylor. Maybe uh, maybe it's time to take another swing at that That's again. That's not a bad one, right? Yeah. Sean Taylor played his entire career at FedEx Field. Uh, Trent Williams, bury the hatchet there. Trent Williams uh, no, Stadium. He does nothing for me.
1: <laughs> Sean Taylor Stadium, STS. That sounds good.
0: There you go. I'm, I'm sure some crypto company will buy it for a dollar and a half. That's how these things <laughs> did, always Did you read into the $75 million that they're going to use to improve? Well, it's... It's all improved in the premium areas, right? This is all about getting the corporate sponsors on board for the next one, getting them on board for buying suites at the next one. And I don't know if you've been on the club level, if you if you went to any games yep. this year. They redid the club level. It's really nice now, right? So if you're a 400-level ticket holder, your experience still sucks. And well, it's that's, go- it's that's kind of my
1: point is that I hate that thinking. Stop selling out to the people that are millionaires. How about the, the common folks here that are sitting in the 400
0: section? How about we get a padded seat, Michael? Yeah, make a million dollars, then call back, <laughs> man. Get, get that ratings bonus and uh, call back. Get you in the 200s here. You know, they they need money, because you, you talk about the new stadium. <laughs> yeah. it, this is going to be a $2 billion development. I, if you're at RFK, it's going to cost even more, because things cost more in D.C. You build out the condos, the retail. Everything you build you own and you profit from. You don't want to outsource this. You don't want Saudi money building this. You don't want investment money building this. You don't want banker money building this. You want your money building it. You got to make that money. Uh, you know, fifteen million dollars a year. I think it's the FedEx hit. You got to make that up somehow, and you're not going to make it up twenty dollars at a time in the four hundred level. I do
1: find it interesting that in their official press release they said with new GM Adam Peters, new head coach Dan Quinn, the number two overall draft pick and significant cap space. There is much to be excited about for the 2024 season, including a new naming rights partner. They don't say the number two overall draft pick if they're thinking about trading back. That's um, what that says to me.
0: You know, I, I still think they're trade, thinking about trading up as much as they're thinking about trading back. Um, you read the Caleb Williams story this morning in The Athletic. We yes. talked about it on my show. Any, yeah, yeah, I know you're like... You're steamed up for Caleb, like the accelerator's all the way down. That it seems down like he's steamed up for it, too. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Uh, did that, the speed bump anything, that slow you down at all? No, not no? at all. Full speed ahead. What did you think of it? Look, I, I just think we've been down this road a lot of times with the dad who's kind of meddling, right? Robert, Dwayne, I mean, you know, call your shot on, on which... Okay, I would, I would just argue those guys didn't have the talent that Caleb has. Caleb Williams has undeniable talent. Now, Robert
1: p- was a Heisman Trophy winner, too, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe
0: I'm just stupid. You know? Well, you know, Robert without the injury is a very different story, which we can litigate for the rest of our lives. I'll yeah. be saying that when I'm 75. If that dude doesn't get hurt, he's a Hall of Famer. Jordan <laughs> Reed, too, he's the other guy I yelled that about. Jordan Reed was such a good tight end. Yeah. Like People sleep on He would have been in Canton. He would have been in that. Kelsey Gronk level. He just wasn't big enough to do it. He kept getting cheap shot at every time he w- Jay Gruden sent him over the middle. I, uh, you know. I think they're examining going up to number one. I think if it happens, it will happen sooner rather than later. Um, I don't think the Bears are going to sit on it to the end. I think if they're going to move it, they're going to move it soon. That's Michael Phillips from
1: MP on the mic. You can hear him Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon. Thanks for stopping by while I go back to school here. And, and thanks for not bringing in an exam.
0: Hey, a lot of people go to school for eight years, Adam.
1: They're <laughs> called doctors. <laughs> That's a good one. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.